Hey guys, welcome to episode 7 of the Dan Kyo Wellness Project podcast. This is Dan here. I'm a counselling and psychotherapist in training in Dublin Business School and I'm also a social care worker with Focus Ireland, helping homeless families and individuals who are affected by homelessness in Ireland. I'm so happy that you decided to listen into episode 7 of this podcast and thank you to everybody who has listened for the first six episodes already. If this is your first time listening, my whole idea with this podcast is to interview one person every week and hope that whoever listens to it will take something from their experience and will use it to increase their own wellness. So I'm going to be talking to lots of people over the over the year, really, every week who have ideas about what it takes to be well, to be happy. And they will be from different disciplines. So we'll have fitness experts. We have, you know, nutritional experts. We, today we have an author. Next week we have a poet. So uh, thanks a million for tuning in. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. My guest for this week is Margaret Scott. She's an Irish author. She's a two-time best-selling author, in fact, with her latest book, The Fallout, reaching number four in the Irish Times bestsellers list. She is also a mother of three and works part-time as an accountant for HRI. And I am so happy that she agreed to come on to the podcast this week. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it, particularly if you are in any way inclined towards creativity, writing, music, anything like that. So I just want you to sit back, relax and really enjoy the next hour of chat that I had with Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Dan. How are you? It's become a weekly event. There's something very, uh, I suppose, deja vu-ish about Slightly. us doing this podcast. Slightly. Do you want to tell the listeners what happened? Well, do you want to tell the listeners? Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Well, I, me and Margaret were here this time last week in this in the wonderful environs of my mother's sitting room in Salons. On a beautiful Thursday evening, and we had a wonderful hour-long conversation. And when I went to edit it, the program crashed, and I lost our wonderful conversation. So I, with my cap in hand, went back to you. You thought it was just a bullshit excuse because you I thought you thought that I was actually just making it up because you thought I thought <laughs> you were crap, which I didn't, <laughs> listeners. Um, but thank you so much for coming back. But if we're crap time. tonight, we can say. Last Thursday was much better. Yeah, we could we yeah we can dine off that yeah. for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it won't be. No, of course not. So thanks for coming back anyway. Good. I know no you're problem. a very busy lady. Your daughter broke her elbow she this did. week. Our daughter, my daughter, sorry, my daughter, who formed the basis of last week's podcast, yeah. then broke her arm on Sunday. Yeah. Falling off a pony just before her seventh birthday party. Yeah, and it was it's Emily, isn't it? It's Emily. And how old is Emily? Emily, yeah, is seven. Emily was, she was seven about two weeks ago, but her wise mammy decided to wait for a really sunny day yeah. to have her party. Yeah. So we delayed it for a couple of weeks, and then she had her pony riding lesson between one and two. The last jump of the lesson, she toppled off the pony and landed on her elbow, shattered her elbow, oh. dislocated her elbow, and we got home on Monday at eight o'clock from Crumlin Hospital. Ouch. Yeah. So That just um, sounds so painful. Yeah, it, I, it was, for all of us. So you said that last week when we had our discussion, we spoke about Emily and her childlike, like from the mouth of babes. We did, yes. And you know how she's she has this attitude towards wellness and toward, well, she probably wouldn't call it wellness, but she has this attitude about life life and trying yeah, things. and trying things. Um, what was the phrase that she uses that, that stuck out for you? 
famous expression is, we were talking about piano lessons one day, and I said, would you like to do piano? And she said, oh, yeah, I'd give it a bash. Yeah. And I said, would you? And she said, I would, because the worst thing that can happen is the bash doesn't work. <laughs> so She's seven. Yeah, she's seven. And Emily still now, even a couple of days after her broken arm, she said to me yesterday, she says, I thought of something good, Mammy. Mm. And I said, what's that, Emily? And she said, the wasps can only sting me on one arm this summer. Because <laughs> her entire arm, from shoulder to fingers, is in a cast. Wow, so this little lady has an yeah. attitude on point that's going to stand to her. She's for, very determined. Yeah. yeah. And where did she learn that from? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's the kind I of determination that would wear you out. Yeah, I know. I think yeah. I'm probably something similar. Yeah. Which, but anyway. So this is Danke Wellness Project podcast, yes. and um, as you know, and you listen to the earlier episodes, my hope for what I'm doing here with interviewing people every week, and this time recording the interview, <laughs> is that people will listen, and will take something away from any time mm -hmm. they listen, that will help them improve their wellness essentially. And my yeah. idea about interviewing yourself as a twice published author, um, mammy of three now yeah, is it three. yeah um i believe that everybody has a story to tell and that's why i'm reaching out to yourself and to all the other guests who will be coming up and um, just to get your perspective on how we can live our best lives because yeah. it is subjective yeah. isn't it it is it is and it does does depend it can it can change you know i know my answer last week was when you asked me what wellness was i said i think wellness has been in a good enough headspace that you can if something bad happens that you can tell yourself this too will pass, you know, and that you're yes. healthy enough and strong enough to get yourself through the bad times without crumbling. Yeah. Now I did reflect on that answer at two o'clock in the morning on Sunday night when I was lying on an inch high mattress on the floor of Crumlin hospital. And I thought, you know, God, to think I was that confident last week and here I am, yeah. I was an absolute mess now on Sunday. But being worried about I just daughter. worry and shock. And, and being surrounded by sick children doesn't yeah, help either. It doesn't help. You know, it, I mean, you're looking around and you think, I, as I said to you before, I wouldn't swap the broken arm for yeah. a lot of what's going on in here. But at the same time, it really shocks you to the core when this little person that you're meant to be minding mm. is lying in a hospital bed. And while it was nobody's fault, really easy fall, just a bad landing, you do go to pieces. And I did go to pieces, you know. So that, that was a good opportunity for you to kind of... You it were, actually you, was. Your mind went back to our discussion. It did, yeah. And you saying thought, that this too shall pass. Gobshite, like, you know, <laughs> this time, you know, last Thursday, you knew it all, and here you are in your snivelling wreck. But, but were you able to say to yourself in that moment that this too shall pass? I, I was to a degree, mm. and then I'd cry again. But I do remember, it was funny, actually, because I went, I travelled to Wexford on Saturday, and I listened to Jarlett Regan's podcast mm. with Rob Heffern and the that runner. That was amazing. And it was funny because they touched on some of the things that we'd touched on the week before. And I was thinking, God, I hope you don't think I'd listened to this before our podcast. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things Rob Heffernan said was that he too, he had a bad, I think it was a race in Berlin or something lately, mm. and he had a bad time. And he said like that, he gets into the depths of despair and then he snaps out of it. And his expression is, even Jesus Christ rose after three days. Mm. So as I was saying to you the previous Thursday, you know, you can sink into this, oh, why do bad things always happen to me? But you need to snap yourself out of it yeah. before too long yeah. and just accept that this is after happening and moving forward. Now, I think actually Emily snapped herself out of it quicker than I did yeah. because all I could think was her seventh birthday is ruined and she got a bike for her birthday and she won't be able to ride her bike and she won't yeah. be able to swim in the summer. And yeah. But 
do you know, she was on the back of a go-kart on her school tour this morning with all these little lads <laughs> wheeling her around a pet farm, and she had a great day. So why am I worrying? Sorry, She'll she's be fine. seven or 17. Yeah, no, she's seven. She's yeah. definitely seven, yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> bad things are always going to happen. Yeah. But it's okay to go a little bit to pieces. That's only human. Yeah. But if you can at all, and to me that's wellness. Wellness is dragging you back out of those yeah, situations. Through saying to yourself saying, that this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Yeah. It's happened now. You know, what yeah. are we going to do? And actually my dad is, is a great one for that. He, I work with him a bit at the different race courses and if, if something goes wrong, d- daddy's whole thing is, right, we won't worry about who to blame right now. We're going to fix it. And then we'll worry about fighting about it later on, you know. If, <laughs> and does if, he always come back to the to the blame game? <laughs> no, he probably doesn't, to be honest. But that his whole thing is we're going to fix this first, and then you know, yeah. maybe that's where Emily got it from. Maybe it's maybe. maybe it skipped a generation. It's not from me at all. But um, yeah. So sometimes you just have to focus on maybe getting yourself a solution, yeah. and then I suppose by the time it's time to go back and find out who to blame, it's kind of past. Yeah. You know, maybe there's no need to blame anyone anymore. Yeah, you wouldn't be reacting in the moment yeah. as much. Yeah. Because yeah. there are other priorities at that moment. Yeah. But again, that's in an ideal world. There are going to be yeah. days where you don't feel like any of this stuff and you you know, but hopefully yeah. they won't happen too often. <laughs> well, you know that Emily was central to our discussion last week yeah. and has already been such an amazing example of making the most of situations, going on go karts yeah. with her broken arm, she'll ah, she'll get to the bike. When she yeah. gets to it, you know, it's yeah. not the end. Of the, no. it's not the end of the world. But when I asked you to come on originally, it was because I was very interested in your approach to wellness, both from a personal perspective, mm-hmm. which you've just described, this too shall pass, but also from a creative yeah. perspective. Yeah. And what I'm really interested in is you as a creative mm-hmm. person who has published two novels. Yeah. Um, first one between you and me in 2013, and the fallout. This year or this last year? year? It was no, this year. This year the fallout yeah. was yeah, this in year. April of this year. Yeah. So, how did you get into writing, and how do you think it has impacted your self-esteem, your wellness, your ability to kind of yeah, um, you know, feel it? I got into writing really. It's funny actually how this has changed. But I originally got into writing probably when I was about eight years of age, mm. and it was to fulfil a need for a pony. I I was probably a bit like Emily, and I really wanted a pony. Now, okay. my parents couldn't afford horse riding lessons back then. Not that I can afford them now, but they had a better ability to say no than I do. But um, So this pony was not forthcoming anyway. So eventually, I discovered that by imagining I had a pony, you know, I could. there was no limit to it. I could have as many ponies as I wanted. And eventually, okay. I started writing these stories down. So this was, did you, sorry, did you discover this at eight? Oh yeah, it would have been. You I discovered still have that, you had, that you had the ability to imagine having something or being a certain way and that your mind couldn't discern between actually oh, physically head, having it or, or yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, and I discovered with your imagination there is no limit. Like that, it wasn't just that I had one pony in the back garden, which <laughs> was my original real plan that was shouted down. But I could have a whole stud farm, you know. So this yeah. stud farm called Craddock's Town Stud was born and yeah. I started to write down those stories. And I still have the notebooks, actually, because I showed them to my older girl, Isabel, there the other night. And what's um, it like... Reading back them, yeah, they're they're okay. Amazing <laughs> that you kept them, though. Oh yeah, yeah, I kept them all right. Um, they were old kind of green, green hardback books that I think my dad got in the post office or somewhere. Sure, yeah. I'm probably not meant to say that, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, that's how. So, but it was for nobody to read. It was just for me. These little stories, you know. So there was no kind of fear of anybody reading them, or there was no 
self-conscious. It wasn't for an audience. No, definitely not. No, it was to fulfill a need that I had for this thing that I wanted, you know. And, and I kept it up actually for a few years and the, the ponies ended up being racehorses and I used to write about um, yeah. race horse yards and the crack and the lads and all that kind of thing. And I think that all that finished up when I was about 15 or 16 and I went to college then, well, when I was finished school. Um, I actually did dress design in college, so I suppose my creativity you know, went in a different direction yeah. for a few years. Yeah. But um, I returned to creative writing then in 2004. My mum was sick at the time, and I just did a local BEC course um, in creative writing. Now, I told people it was a computer course because <laughs> I didn't want to tell people I was writing again. Yeah, because it was so it personal to you. Yeah, it was, and I suppose I was afraid that people would think you had notions. Do you know who does she think she is going off writing, whatever. Yeah. So it was a computer course, and it was only really... From that creative writing group, or course, we created our own creative writing group, yeah. and you know we kept going. And I, it, that was when it changed from a need to create a world to a need to entertain, because I okay. discovered I loved reading these pieces out. Okay. And I can remember the very first pony piece that I ever wrote. Like all the pony stories now and the racehorse stories were all a bit maudlin and a bit. But they're kind probably of, hilarious if you read them. Yeah, maybe, maybe for the wrong reason. <laughs> oh, they were all a bit melodramatic. I don't know where that came from. But um, the very first funny piece I ever wrote was called "When Pregnancy Unleashed My Inner Roy," or "How Pregnancy." And it must have been just Roy after. Keen. Yeah, yeah. It must have been just after the Saipan debacle, which I yeah. got very emotional about. But it well, was it about the um, country in half. It did. In it did, and I wasn't on Roy's side at the time. Okay. Very controversial, and I used to. It was really funny. I used to bring it up at parties where I knew there'd be, you know, people on each side that would be quite vocal, and then I'd sit back and just watch them fight for the whole night. <laughs> it used to drive me like mental. He'd be like, "Shut up!" Yeah, it was great. But um, yeah, so this piece was written. It was about how pregnancy turned me into this, you know, egotistical perfectionist that you know, didn't really, kind of an idealist kind of person. Yeah. And it was funny because I revisited a couple of years later when I'd had the baby and Roy had just gotten the job in Sunderland. Yeah. And it was at the end of it, it was both like where we were now had to put our money where our mouth is, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know, it's okay having all these ideals and, you yeah. know, but now, you know, you were kind of discovering the pitch is like a car park, but it was your fault because you didn't yeah. water it, you know, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So it so was So you had funny, to walk yeah. the talk then? Yeah, had to walk the talk. And I remember thinking me and you Roy we could sink or swim here so that was the piece got revisited so there's your imagination then car carrying yeah. on from eight years old into your 20s was it well yeah it would have been late your 20s, late 20s and and you, were still now. you still yeah of course yeah. you were 20.1 20 20.1 then yeah and, Time uh, slowly. and you were still you still had this imaginary world where you I did. you and Roy Cade were yeah. discussing I know Pregnancy. Oh, I'm sure Roy doesn't know this, but I hope I'm sure he's a fan of yours, so maybe he'll know it now. Yeah. But yeah. um big shout out to Roy Keane, who big, is assistant manager of the Ireland team going yeah, to the European Championships do a podcast next year. With you. Yeah, well if you're listening, Roy, or if anybody you know is Roy Keane, yeah, um, I'm sure he would be a hoot. <laughs> I'm sure he would. <laughs> Could you imagine if I accidentally um, oh. lost that audio? Oh. He would hunt me oh. down and stick hot needles under would, my nails. Would, I was much nicer. Yeah, you, um, you were very nice, to be fair. But, um, yeah, so that was where I got my first reaction, kind of to reading out something funny. And that changed the way I wrote from then on. I, okay. I now, I then discovered that everything I wrote from then on, I wanted to get a reaction for it, you know, whether it's a mm. laugh or a shock or a cry or whatever yeah. it's generally laughs but um 
So that would you describe most of your writings as funny or yeah, dramatic I think so. or a mixture of both? It's a kind of a mixture of both, but there'd be definite humour in them. And I think my latest book, The Fallout, I liken a bit to an Irish funeral where, you know, there's a very serious undertone to the whole occasion. But you have to have a laugh. We're both you know? laughing here right yeah, now. No, you, do. you, you mentioned to. the word funeral. Yeah. Irish people at funerals, it's just oh, the craziest thing. I haven't laughed thing. at funerals like, at the worst times. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's what gets you through those few days, you know, when it's the people around you and the remembering and the laughs and the, yeah. the, the kind of odd things that happen when such a group of people are together. But... I think laughter gets people through a lot of stuff. Yeah, and that was a, a topic I did want to come on to because it's not something I've discussed all that much on the podcast yet is the power of laughter. and yeah. Those you fit know. people, they're not that funny. <laughs> yeah. They might be good looking and Maybe. slim, but oh God, okay, yeah. you're fit. But. Maybe. No, no, not quite there yet. I've got, I've got another year or so yeah. before I'm funny. at the point. What if by getting the muscle and losing the fat, I lose the funny? I'm not sure what I would do. I'd be on potato sandwiches straight away. <laughs> <laughs> straight down the chipper real butter white bread <laughs> I'll be in the chipper right by stand up show <laughs> yeah exactly like stand up for chips yeah because you're, you're a big fan of my Facebook posts aren't you random you are the funniest man on Facebook mm. I'm not sure I, I could I could really stand up we try to title. out funny each other actually but yeah, yeah we do we have funny offs yeah we do I don't think I come out on top very often uh, because you're like you do. the chiseled, I've got the chiseled kids, writer you have to borrow kids for your funny <laughs> I produced them myself. Yeah, shout out to my uh, two nephews as well. Yeah. They're pretty cute. They're gorgeous. And they're funny gorgeous. as well. Already. Yeah, you see. Two see. But your mum is funny. Months. Like, you're, you know. Yeah. It's in the yeah, genes. Yeah, I didn't lick it off the ground. No. But yeah, I think in terms of humour and wellness, you don't have to be the funny, in inverted commas, the funniest person in your group or the funniest person. Oh, no. It's very subjective as well. And I think that's... I use social media for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously to share so my do podcast I, to be as well. Yeah. It's such an outlet for me. Yeah. And I do have to be careful that I don't, I'm not on it too much because it's yeah. very addictive. But the more laughs I can have, the better. <laughs> I mean, you know me and most of the listeners I'm friends with on Facebook and, yeah. you know, through my page, the Dankyo Wellness Project. A day doesn't go past where I'm not posting about three or four either pictures or videos. But that's okay though. With a crying, smiley face, <laughs> laughing face. That's my favourite emoticon with the yeah. yeah, because it's it's something that builds me up every single day. Yeah. But that's good because you're building up other people too. Do you know you're not yeah. posting up pictures of your dinner or drivel or, <laughs> you know, why me kind of there's enough people doing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. So so are we giving humour the wellness stamp of approval. Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. I mean, if I'm quiet on Facebook, you know something has gone wrong, and yeah, you know, or that I'm in bad mood. It's yeah, it's that, or you're coming up with a status for three hours time that's going to blow my socks off. With, with <laughs> no, humor. no, they're usually pretty instantaneous. Yeah, yeah, I don't have three it. hours. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> listeners, if you are, um, if you're on the funny wandbagon, wandbagon, if you're on the, f- that's funny in itself. Yeah. If you're on the the humor and funniness bandwagon in relation to yeah. wellness, send us in your uh, your funniest jokes. Comment on this post with yeah, your funniest do. jokes because I'm always looking for new material to steal. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. So you had a lifelong dream of becoming I a did. published author. We all have dreams. I didn't think it happened, but I I had it. Most important part is that the dream is there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we all have dreams, right? Things that we desire strongly. What steps did you take to follow that dream that the listeners could take also to follow their dreams? You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose the biggest step I took was I wrote a book, you know, but 
up to that, I'd been writing these kind of weekly columns for the Leinster Leader and, you know, a weekly piece of 1,000 words or whatever, you would think it wouldn't take up that much time. Mm. But it does, because you have to think of something first and then you have to write it and then you have to submit it. Yeah. And I actually gave that up. When I decided I wanted to do the book, I decided that had to go. Mm. Because there are only so many hours in the week and yeah. it had to be one or the other. You know, nowadays I can do the, the different pieces and write mm. at the same time. But at the time, I decided if I wanted to do a longer project, yeah, I that had to go. So that went. Okay, and so just for the listeners... Yeah. I mean, I asked you, what steps do you take? And your first answer was, I wrote a book. <laughs> but, but no, let me finish, right? In my defense. <laughs> yeah, no, in your defense. I'm going to defend you now. Okay. But I think the point you were trying to make there was that you couldn't do everything. So you no. had to bring your focus in and actually look at, okay, what what do I actually want to do? Yeah. So I want to write a book. And plus, I'm, <clears throat> I say that, and it, it does sound very simplistic and very probably... I don't know, sharp or whatever, but I know a lot of people who want to write books and talk a lot about writing books and study a lot about writing books and read about writing books and the only thing they don't do is write, a book. Is write the book. You know, you can... And you can insert, write the song. Yeah, um, run a marathon. Run a, you can insert any yeah. dream or goal yeah. there. You know, but... So when I say you have to write the book, yeah, you know, you it. do because write it and get to the end and then do all those other things because you can fix it, but you can't, and this isn't my quote, but you can't fix a blank page. Yeah. You know, you can fix yeah. 110 words of drivel, <laughs> but you can't yeah. fix a blank page. Yeah. And plus, there is no point approaching anybody with anything until it's finished. Right. You know, there's this kind of a myth out there that you can send in three chapters in a cover letter and they look at it and you can't really. No. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. It's, it's ballsy. It is, but as well as that, if you send in your first three chapters... I would guarantee most of the time that people's first three chapters don't end up being their first three chapters once you finish the book. Right, okay. So that would be my advice is that, you know, that you then rush to finish it to give to an agent or whatever. And then you discover that the three chapters that you've given them already, you yeah. want to bin them because you've thought of something else. And yeah. so I would say finish the book and then yeah. go back to all those things. Yeah. Cause there's a, as I mentioned to you before we came on air, there was, there is a couple of my buddies who are yeah, in the process brilliant. of writing and they have started writing it and they expressed great interest in the fact that you were coming on here yeah super um, so I love thanks. to hear people do you know it, it's great yeah. like, and no it is it's the brilliant. world needs more books it does it does believe it or not yeah because I remember um, going to a, a publishing conference or whatever given by a lady called Vanessa O'Loughlin who runs writing.ie so your friends need to get on to writing.ie okay. she's a great woman and follow them on Twitter and stuff and I remember her saying you know, she stood up in front of the room and instead of kind of going, oh, this is so hard and you're not going to do it, she said, the world needs books. Mm. You know, you if you work hard enough, you will be published. And that is the advice that I give to whoever asks as well. You know, you hear about these slush piles and, you know, how impossible it is. And yeah. it is possible. Just yeah. do it. You know, just do your best and you work hard at it. edit the blank page. Is that you can't the edit, you can't fix the blank page. Fix the blank page. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of inspired by that direct approach to starting to follow your dream. Um, you were lucky that you had, you knew that you wanted to do it for yeah. so long. Did, yeah. you, did you know at eight you wanted to be a publisher or was it more uh, I probably towards did. the end of your teens? Yeah, I probably did. Now, I went on, as I said, to do dress design and then I ended up being an accountant. Which, you know, we're not going to, we have we've only an hour, so Sorry, we're so going to you're, you're an accountant? I'm an accountant now, yeah. I thought you were an author. No, you I'm can't not. Have, I'm you not can't have time. all the jobs. I, well, I don't get paid for one of them. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, well, 
writing we'll, does I'll not let bring the listeners in... uh, pretend. We, yeah, sorry. I wish I was, you know, one of these billionaire authors, but. So there's... being a published author does not necessarily mean that you're uh, you're driving out in your Ferrari. And... No, no, unless you're Stephen King, which I'm not. Maybe Finchy. Maybe Finchy's not driving anywhere at the moment, but no. um, but I yeah, yeah. I, I'd imagine maybe Maeve Finchy did make a nice few bob out of it, but she yeah. would have written a lot of books to get to that stage, and she also got in at a better time. It's harder to make money out of publishing now. Yeah, but it's just as well that I'm not doing it for the money. I would, I think that's a really good point that we stumbled on. We didn't actually get to this last week, but for following dreams and for following like something that's burning inside you, a goal, it can't be for monetary gain. No, no, it if can't. that happens, yeah, happy days, brilliant. And there's a whole other <clears throat> argument that, of course, you should be paid lots of money to write books, of course, you should. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't, but I'm saying the reality of the situation at the moment is if your desire to write is to earn an income from writing within the next year, I would say pick something else. Yeah. If that's what's fueling you, pick mm. something else. Yeah. If your desire to write is validation because you want to call yourself a writer, pick something else. Yeah. Because they're the wrong reasons in my book. In my book. <laughs> in one of my books, my many books. <laughs> You'll but, have to read them all to find yeah, out which one, though. <laughs> Could be any <laughs> There's several. No, but, you know, if I think you have to write because... You really want to write, yeah. you know. You want to, yeah. you, you know. You have to have a goal, and I think your yeah. goal should be because it's something you just have to do, you know, yeah. that you really want to do. Of course, you should get validation in the process, and you should get paid in the process. But if there are your reasons, then yeah, go and do something else. Absolutely, and uh, you know, I've noticed an energy change in you since you know, over the last couple yeah. of seconds, like. Because you're talking yeah. about your passion. Yeah, and I, yeah. You know, and I, I'm very passionate about this podcast, for example. Yeah, you know, and I, yeah. You know, I would, when I set it up, I would never ever be thinking, oh, great, I'm going to get a good sponsorship from Michael Guinness yeah. now for next week's episode. <laughs> you know, like, it's not even in my thought process. It's just something that I always wanted to do. I yeah. knew I'd enjoy it. I didn't know that I'd enjoy it as much as I have been. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, God, I'm not even thinking monetary. Yeah, see, that's it. And yes, of course, it would be great if the big deal came in or if the movie came in or if whatever came in. Of course it would be. Yeah. And it is actually a scandal how much money you get back from donating, which is probably a year and a half of your life, mm. you know, sometimes 20 hours a day towards the end. Yeah. And what you get back is, is, is not good. Yeah. And that's not right. But what you get back when somebody says, I read your book and I loved it, or... Yeah. You know, what happened to me one night, I was in Tesco's and somebody grabbed me by the elbow and said, is there more of that lad in the next book or something? And I thought, <laughs> do you know, you go home on a high and you kind of think, God, yeah, that's great. great. Do you know, somebody yeah. came up to me and really liked my book. Yeah, it's fantastic. But, it was like something I posted this week when a friend of mine just texted me saying, hey, bud, uh, I was listening to your podcast with, I think it was Aaron or it could have been with Kate Wasserman last week. Um, and she just said that, She's now found her motivation. Yeah. For weight loss and for to get fit. Yeah. And I kind of relate to what happened there because it's like something you're doing. Yeah. You have no clue the impact that it might may well, or see, may this not is be it. having. And that's yeah. why that's an, another thing I use Facebook for actually is to like I I love listening to podcasts. I love listening to your podcast. I love listening to Charlotte's podcast. Yeah. The head stuff has another few, and I feel tell tell them. You know, share it, say, this is brilliant, I read yeah. it, I watched it, I same with people's books that I enjoy, you know, pass it on, 
people, I completely agree with creative you. people just want to know you enjoy it. If you didn't enjoy yeah. it, shut your gob. Yeah, or <laughs> at know? least, or at least make or, the feedback constructive. Yeah, like I got really yeah. great feedback on Twitter about like a couple of guys who are very technically or sound technicians mm-hmm. actually tweeted me and said I had to stop listening. 10 minutes into your first podcast because the sound production was so poor oh yeah and no it was great yeah it was great no, that, and it's a shout is, out to yeah. Technologic on um, Twitter yeah thanks dude for putting me wide to that because as a result of that I spent a couple of days really mm. getting to know my stuff how to bring the tracks together and but that's brilliant that's your nearly creative writing group do you know what I mean that's yeah. your critique or yeah. that's your they're your your people do you yeah. know so so that's yeah. fine but you know, there's, like, there's nothing I, like hearing that somebody enjoyed something yeah. you created, be it a podcast or be it a book or be it or a painting. Some, something or, you said. You know, yeah. you never know the impact you're yeah. having on people. People say, your kids are hilarious on Facebook. And I say, I only post when they're hilarious. I don't post when I want to kill them. <laughs> Little do you know. Because <laughs> then I'd be arrested. Yeah. What do you think about the whole idea? I know you mentioned you're out of the creative writing class yeah. that you took in, in NACE. Was it a nice? It was a nice, yeah. yeah. And you, yeah. Pr- you got together with a bunch of girls. Yeah, a bunch uh, of girls and guys, and actually. Guys. Yeah. And they formed the kind of supportive... Nice Harbour Writers. We performed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Now we've disbanded since, but we were together for uh, a good few years. You'll get back together for uh, a reunion might, tour. And then make a film about it or something. Exactly. Yeah. You'd exactly. like to take that <laughs> steps. <laughs> I'd love to We're say Radiohead, but we never reached those lofty heights. Yeah. Do you know? We're bewitched, <laughs> bewitched with the denim. <laughs> But what 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 are your thoughts on wellness and community? Oh, absolutely, top of the list. You know, and actually, I heard um, I can't remember which lady it was in one of your earlier podcasts, but her expression was "community is king." That was mine. Oh, was it yours? Yeah. Well, it was when you were talking to. I was talking to Stephen Ober. It was the first one. Oh, was it? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. You sounded like a lady. But I put up a <laughs> <laughs> it was the sound. The sound. Oh, the sound yeah, was so sound bad was that so I bad. sounded, you sounded like, a like a woman. A girl. <laughs> That's very anti-feminist. Girls are great. You didn't big, sound as good Big as fan girl. of women. Big oh, fan big, of women. Yeah. Not the biggest fan of sounding like one, but there you go. No, to be to to be fair to you, I did mention it pretty much in everyone since. Because yeah. I was really happy with, now we're the, it with, again. with the uh assonance, yeah. is it? Yeah. Alliteration. Yeah. Mm. I Which know. one? Don't You're a writer like for Christ's sake. I know, sakes. yeah, but <laughs> it's a, I have people for that kind of thing. <laughs> I so don't. Text your person and ask. I'll, yeah, I'll get on to so yeah, um, you're, what are what no, are your community thoughts? No, community is absolutely, and that goes for everything. Like I joined a really good parenting group when my first child was born mm. online. It was rollercoaster.ie, and there was a group of us all had babies at the same time, mm. and we're still chatting morning, noon, and night twenty or you know. No way, he's on a WhatsApp group now. Yeah, no, we moved on to Facebook. <laughs> we have a private group on Facebook, and it's brilliant. The whole thing is there is always somebody who has experienced what you have, mm. who has heard of somebody who has, who yeah. has a solution, or who will just be a bit of chat while you're going through it you know and i'm sure it's the same for fitness for writing for podcasting yeah find the good people and surround yourself with them yeah and we touched on this the last day too and actually afterwards i felt a bit that i got a bit harsh but if somebody's not making you feel good like say in a writing group if somebody's if you don't agree with their critique or if they're you know if you feel they have an underlying motive for critiquing your work don't listen to them or you know, just kind of go, yeah, yeah, whatever. But mm. if somebody's constantly making you feel down or whatever, just put them out of your life. Cut dude. them out. Yeah. This is not harsh. No, I felt it was harsh afterwards. No, it's and then not I harsh. I, and this is what you were asking me: was it too yeah, harsh? Yeah. The but, other day, and, and it's I actually something remember. that Sarah Milliken said on the Jarlett podcast. You know, she said one thing: she's as she gets older, she has discovered that the, the negative people in her life just 
cut them out. You know, yeah. just you know, guys, whoever's listening to this, go full blooded on this advice. Like this yeah. is the best advice that I think can come out of the podca- podcast, other than start small and build on it for mm. your foundations. That's a good piece of advice, but this is yeah. so impactful. Surround yourself. There's a lot of good people out there, and there's a lot of supportive people, and there's a lot of people who, like last Sunday again, when we had to dash to the hospital with a child's party in full yeah. flow at home, there were people who jumped in, who minded children, yeah. who made phone calls for me, who mm. you know did whatever, and that's your community. You know, yeah. you you surround yourself with people who, and likewise, you would get up in the middle of the night to go and help somebody yourself, yeah. you know, and that's what it's all about. I think it's just such a beautiful thing. Like obviously in real life, we, as opposed to online life, mm. um, myself and yourself are very lucky. Like we've just been sitting, having a lovely yeah. conversation with my mother. Oh yeah. Your um, my, me and my mom are going to be going on a riding retreat together. Yeah. With, um, which Colum, I think is Colum Keegan. Yeah. We're, we're very excited about it. Uh, Colm's actually Colm Keegan, the Irish poet yeah. and writer, is on next week's podcast. So I'm very excited about that. No He'll pressure. Give you all for the you. proper advice about writing. <laughs> I'm just a chancer. <laughs> um, but I really love the online aspect of communities, King. I do actually. And do. I've been preaching it for so long, and you you get to choose who you're surrounded by. And I'm speaking from my Dan Kill Wellness Project page. Yeah. That community of people sustain me yeah and i, I tell so you especially much. in a, like the same like you hear a lot of people giving out oh get out and meet real people you know mm. get off social media but i've met like the girls in roller coaster i met them online yeah you know and we didn't probably meet in in person for a couple of years mm. and there's a lot of writers that i met online and may not meet in public that often yeah but if you're writing is a bit like having a small baby if you're writing it's very solitary mm. you know you're at your computer where you should be you're at home you're writing away it's great to know there's people out there at the yeah. drop of a key to have a chat with yeah. you know and same if you're at home with a very small baby you don't get out for coffee you know you don't yeah. get out for girly weekends away so mm. i do think social media is fantastic if used in the right way if yeah, used for good instead is, of evil yeah though, that's an important caveat yeah it yeah. has to be like we were saying earlier about using it to have the crack on yeah exactly but you i what i love about how facebook has changed over the years on twitter like you really can hone the yeah. groups that you're yeah. part of like if anybody gives me any sort of unsolicited you know bs abuse bs exactly they're blocked yeah yeah now, and that's, that's different it. from people maybe giving you constructive feedback on something uh, you've yeah. written absolutely. that's totally different absolutely yeah um but you can discern what your boundaries are you just don't need there's no too many nice people out there as yeah. we were saying you know yeah. and like attracts yeah. like it does yeah it does you know yeah and i think if you put out energy a certain energy yeah it will come back to you from people who have similar energies it, like yeah, me and it you does. have a similar energy we do and we, do. we became friends through when i acted through in writing and acting yes yeah. i was an actor yeah. you were I am an actor, was an actor at that time. <laughs> I was a writer. You were a writer, are currently a writer, yeah. but it was a, a screenplay that you wrote, wasn't it? Do That's you want right. to tell Myself the listeners about it? Richie Carney wrote, um, and Sh- Ailish. Shout out to um, Richie and Ailish. Yeah. We wrote a, a piece actually called Networking. Not working, maybe, but it was, <laughs> it, it was about business networking. And again, that sense of community is king. And yeah. you played an IT man, I believe. Yes, Who Fergus. had a soft spot for a florist. Yeah, Fergus loved the florist. Yeah. And I had, uh, I had. It was really good, actually. It was. I really it, it enjoyed may, it. It may get 
It'll get picked we do up something one with it day. someday. But I just won't look anything like the guy that was <laughs> yeah. acting in it, so I may not be included those, when, uh, when it goes to pilot. I'm telling you, if it gets picked up. Down to the chipper. Again. Away with wellness. <laughs> wellness be damned. We could get you a suit or something. We'll... well, look, I have a pain in my you-know-what's been uh, compared to Nick Frost. You know, Simon Pegg's mate. Don't think you look anything like. Oh, thank you. You just made my day and my week. Honestly. Because it's one of the things that is said the most to me. Like, you know when people say, jeez, you're very funny. I got Sarah Palin one day. Oh, God, that's terrible. Yeah. So I switched it around. I said, you mean Tina Fey, don't I was just going to suggest yeah, that. I, they didn't, but. <laughs> oh, God, that's so cutting. Oh, my God. But, yeah, but anyway. We, we ran with that. Which, uh, I think we put so, a spin on it. Yeah, that was perfect. I mean, you should have just thought the Tina Fey yeah, thing no, instead of and saying it, and then just let yeah. your self-esteem build yeah. back up. Yeah. God, she's Good crazy. Sarah Palin. She is crazy. And actually, that she's reminds not well. me. She is not well. She will not be on the Dan Kill Wellness Project podcast. No. But you were asking about writing groups, and actually, on the Sarah Palin front, I was going through some old notes the other day, cleaning out my office to make room for the baby who then has to sleep in there but anyway and I found a critique of my first novel written by somebody in the writing group and I'd obviously mentioned Sarah Palin in it and their their advice was um don't don't mention Sarah Palin she's already old news Mm. okay that was in 2008 for god's sake and I just remember looking at it going and I remember thinking I should say that to Dan you know critiqued isn't always correct yeah they were probably right. Maybe she was kind of moving out of vogue at that stage. But she's still there. She is. And I can't remember if I left her in or not out of that novel. But that was my first novel. But there you go. That and was Tina Fey is still uh, taking her off the Saturday Night it. Live. Yeah. And yeah. she is unbelievable. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, you, you want to go back to the laughter thing? Watch yeah. Tina Fey on yeah. YouTube. Her impression of Sarah Palin. Yeah, but she's just... <laughs> yeah, damn her. She got in ahead of me, huh? Yeah. What do you think, though, about that whole idea of putting energy out there? Do you think it's a conscious thing people do, or is it something that just happens? I think it should be a conscious thing that people do. I think maybe the people that do it well aren't doing it consciously. Mm. You know, I think it comes naturally to some people to to help and to support and to, you know, to To help others thrive. Yeah, you know, because it does come back to you. But I think... People don't, some people don't do it consciously and should, you know, there yeah. are, there are some. I think that you can do it more effectively when you're aware of it. Yeah. Well, I would be quite aware of it now because I have been shown so much goodwill in the last couple of years when those books came out, That's you know, nice. like people coming to your launch and people, the support is massive, you know, yeah. and so I'm very conscious that when other people have books out or yes. projects out that I would do the same for them, mm. you know, and it's just. Or maybe it's like, you know, you've witnessed yourself how much it meant to you and yeah. you want to pass that feeling along to I, somebody I else. I think that's a big one. You know, so it's the same when a new baby is born or when somebody gets a new job, like make a fuss of people, you know, just, yeah. it's just nice to be nice. nice. Now, I'm not nice all the time. I'm a bit of an antichrist probably about five days of the week. Yeah, but only <laughs> but, one person has to put up with that. Yeah, oh God, love them. Your long but, suffering. Um, yeah, my long suffering husband. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's mad. For better or worse. This is it. He knew what he was getting into. And he's amazing at basketball. He didn't rush into it now, let me tell you. It took him seven years. But I'm not bitter. Not bitter. I'm not cutting that out. Yeah. No. Because <laughs> he's going to be listening, right? He will, he will. He'll laugh. Well, he's thanks. Like, thank yeah. you, Tom, for allowing your... Keith. Oh, God. Yeah. Tom, Tom is the one. That was private conversation. <laughs> I'm definitely not cutting that out. 
Keith, sorry for getting your name wrong, but thank you for allowing your See, amazing no, Keith's wife. Name. Keith's not on Facebook. Oh, okay. Well, thank yeah. you for allowing your amazing wife to come to salons to have this brilliant conversation with me so we Twice. can help others. <laughs> Twice. He deleted it, I swear. I oh, had to go back. In inverted commas. Yeah. 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 Um, so what's your, what's your next? What's next for you? Well, I'm going to write a third book. As you do. Um, I, my contract with Pulbeg, I have one more book to do with them. Great. Um, and are you feeling the pressure of that at the moment? I, yeah, I suppose I am, but I, I have a really good idea, she says tentatively. Um, so I'm kind of <laughs> dying to get stuck into that. Um, Great. I'm hoping to call it Spin. And it's about, a little bit about that whole online thing and about how some people put a bit of a spin on, you know, and it's, it's set in the world of politics as well, because that, you know, I suppose when people think of spin, they think of, you yeah. know, spin doctors. But I think actually everybody really these days is, is their own spin doctor. doctor. Is their you own know? spin doctor? Yeah, or? absolutely. Yeah. You know, we've become yeah, very good at idea. creating a persona or, yeah. you know, a bit like me with the happy children all the time, you know, but you don't yeah. post up when you really yeah. don't want to throw them out the window. But a bit like, you know, everybody... Those, even, sorry to cut across you, those posts would be hilarious though. They would, but they would get me arrested. Yeah, to a slow get though. Yeah. Nobody wants that. No, it's nobody wants that. But even the way, you know, young people these days, you know, they... It's all gone so complicated. Like they wear, they have so much light and shade on their faces with all this, you know, mm. contouring and stuff. They're like mini Caravaggio's walking know. around the place, know. you know. So that whole how to put a, a spin on your life to create a persona yeah. that's not really you. So mm. that's what I'm going to yeah, explore in the you know, next book. So I'm pretty excited. That, I'm about really that. interested in that whole idea. Like that's it's a fantastic yeah, idea. You can have it if I do, if I fail miserably <coughs> at writing it. You can have it. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I think it's your mum actually. She yeah, my mum. My mum will use yeah. it. Yeah, but I, I when I set up. The page originally I applied to be an ambassador for a weight loss yeah. um, weightlifting group with the uh, incomparable fit bitch Meg Brown who will be on a podcast in the summer um, but at that time that's what I was most nervous about I didn't want to portray a bullshit ah, kind of approach no all. no I know yeah. I don't but, but that was from the very start my yeah my thoughts on it like you obviously don't have to put up every bad mood and every ah, no. shit thing, but no. my so my daily summaries, I really wanted them to be viscerally Honest. something that people connect with yeah. through honesty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and um, like that, my you know my posts are on. Like I could put up and say we all had lentil porridge this morning and it was yum, and they asked for more broccoli. That's just never going to happen <laughs> in our house. You know and that kale smoothie was yeah, just so yummy, good. Yeah, it's actually a mint milkshake, yeah. Margaret, not a kale smoothie. <laughs> I can see Patrick's through your bullshit. Day where your kids' eyes start to bulge out of their head when they've had it. <laughs> you know, you have to be honest. Yeah. I love a bit of self-deprecation, though. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, and I probably take it to the extreme of my podcast was strange, wasn't it? That's why you deleted it. Yeah, you do a little bit. But at the same time, I think you have to laugh at yourself. Yeah, first it's of kind all. of endearing, though. But yeah, I don't know. I can a bit fancy. There I go again. Yes, it is endearing, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're working on the whole accept a compliment yeah, thing, are you? No, it's not happening. Um, but I think if you laugh at yourself first and foremost, yeah. then people will laugh along with you. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I never really miss an opportunity to tell friends and family about something embarrassing that has yeah. happened to me. I was at um, I was at the off the ball road show oh, last no, night. Wait. Oh, my husband Keith would be very jealous. Not Tom. Tom's not into off the ball. No, Tom's a more of a hurling man, isn't he? <laughs> um, but I I asked. Now, I was a couple of points deep with my dad. You're not going to believe what I'm about to say here. And for any Irish soccer fans who are oh, listening, no. 
I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. And I can't believe I'm actually saying this on the podcast because I have been in a ball of cringe worthiness today. Because I know my Irish football. I know my history. I know what I'm supporting. I'm very involved in it. Kevin Moran was on. Mm-hmm. Famous Irish centre half and Dublin footballer. Yeah. Kevin Ireland winning. Head. Yeah. Kevin <laughs> exactly. So I put my hand up in front of a crowd of 300 people. Kevin was being interviewed by uh, Jerry Gilroy. And I asked Kevin Moran, was the goal he scored against England in the 1990 Soccer World Cup his greatest goal ever? To which Jerry Gilroy immediately said, that was Kevin Sheedy. And to which Kevin Moran replied, that was the best goal they never scored. <laughs> well, he, he gave me a chance. He saved my ass. Yeah. And I thanked him. I shook his hand after and said, I'm so sorry, you kind of do look a bit like Kevin Sheedy. And then I was like, realised I was pushing it too far again. So, but that's a good example of a really embarrassing situation that I would, yeah. I have shared with all my family and friends, even though it what made me cringe. What are you going to do? What can you do? You're human. Yeah. Could be worse. I got slated on Twitter though. Uh, it was the it was live on air. <laughs> on News my Talk. husband was probably listening to it. Oh God. Well, I'm sorry everybody, especially Kevin Moran and Kevin Sheedy. I'll buy you a point someday. Just get them on the podcast. <laughs> Everybody's a potential victim. I want to move on to a really important subject. Okay, I'm ready. Fear. <gasps> oh, yeah. How do you feel the fear and do it anyway? Susan Jeffers famously wrote. Yeah. I know people could go and read Susan Jeffers' book, but I'm more interested in what you think about that. Um, I think if... Yeah, okay. Things I would be afraid of would be jumping out of an airplane. Hmm. I used to horse ride a lot myself. Jumping a big fence would give me fear. Writing something, the okay, you're initially afraid that your publisher won't like it. You're initially afraid your agent won't like it. She likes it, so you send it to your publisher. Then you're afraid they won't like it. But am I afraid that a reader won't like it? Not as much. I kind of feel if I've gotten through those two hoops, and I like it, you know. Hmm. Okay, this is, you, weren't, would, you weren't like this before you wrote your first book, though, right? This, has, no, this confidence has... but now I had a book rejected in between. Ah, so okay. I wrote a sequel to my first book and it didn't work. Now Honestly, I thought it was devastating worked. for you. It was, and I did cry for about two weeks. That whole Jesus Christ after rising after three days, nah, no. he took two weeks that week. Okay. And I literally sobbed for about two weeks because I was so afraid. How was I going to tell people that yeah. this book hadn't worked? I wasn't upset that the book hadn't worked. Now, was I was probably upset that I'd spent a year at it and it didn't work. No, it was how was I going to tell people? Hmm. So, and it didn't work. Do you know, they were probably right. I say probably. I haven't quite forgiven yet, but I'm getting there. I may revisit it sometime myself. So you spent a year of your life doing this, yeah. and that's, I can't imagine something that feels like more of a rejection than that. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad now. So and how, I suppose, did you, how did you come to terms with it? Because literally after the two weeks, a good friend of mine, actually Alan Bennett, who runs the Headcast, Head Stuff podcast and site, I'd say he got sick of listening to me whinging now, and he said, well, you know, think of something new, figure out what you want to write hmm. and go and write it. And I did. I took a week where I didn't cry and I worked out, you know, what, because to be fair, I was writing a sequel to something I had probably started five years previously. Yeah. You know, so it was probably time to move on and time to see what did I want to write about? And that's yeah. where the fallout was born. I wanted to write about a conflict in a workplace yeah. just after the recession. And that that's how that happened. Yeah. 
so when I wrote the fallout I loved it so much from the minute I started writing it wow. that that fear was that they wouldn't publish it once they said they would publish it I wasn't really afraid that people wouldn't yeah I've done a double negative there I wasn't afraid <laughs> whether people would like it or not yeah I loved it they liked it and so I was you know you not everybody's going to love your work yeah definitely not you know and if you're writing with a view that everybody in the whole world is going to love what you've written yeah. it doesn't happen like that you and know? also you had two choices when mr Bennett yeah. came to you you could have stayed there or yeah or done something new or done something new i know that sounds very simplistic but that yeah, really was what does. he was saying to you yeah well see that's it you can you can sit and you can cry and you can weep and be bitter and be but after a couple of days that you know yeah, it you, goes got, you have to put the boundary on yeah, it yeah there's the only so moment. many years you've got left to <laughs> write things or to so don't waste do too whatever much time. goal it is yeah. that you have. if you get rejected by all means cry for the night eat ice cream with your girlfriends or whatever people do yeah but pick yourself up after a little while and decide am i doing this or am i going to keep winging you know yeah and actually it's quite funny i remember when my husband then boyfriend one day and i was in a bad mood over something we were driving around and he eventually stopped the car and he said right is this going to continue or will i drop you home <laughs> so <laughs> and i remember thinking that's a nice parallel oh, <laughs> and he would have dropped me home do you know what i mean so you kind of go well, yeah i suppose i have a choice here you can continue or you can keep mm. moaning and get dropped home well that's the wonderful complimentary com complementarity that's yeah. being with the right person <laughs> see that's you, it. it yeah that is it and you know eventually you move on and you write something else so i suppose right what am i afraid of um yeah i'm writing doesn't really make me afraid mm. I get very nervous before I do a reading because I want people, I want that reaction. Mm. Now, if I was to get up and not get that reaction, would I be afraid then the next time? I probably would. Yeah. But, um, so it's very or I'd be it's afraid very... people won't come to something. You know, if you're arranging, yeah. like I'm in the middle of arranging a book tour now at the moment where we're going around to various bookshops and, you know, I'd be afraid that people wouldn't turn up. But, yeah. you know, I only read last week a really great article by Eric Lawler, who's yeah. a fantastic comedian, and he went he's to He's a Tony great writer Moore. as well. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's brilliant. And he's, and he's a great actor, actually. Yeah. Oh, he is, yeah. Yeah. So, and he went to Tullamore and five people turned up. Yeah. And he did his show. And he said know. it, what, didn't he say it was one of the more enjoyable yeah. experiences and actually, he's I'm had. really raging I wasn't one of that five, because he I'm discussed his comedy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Love comedy. But, um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be afraid of falling out of an airplane don't like flying but yeah. not afraid I personally I personally think that fear isn't real okay and here's yeah. here's my take on it it feels so real but mm -hmm. actually the vast majority of things that I've been afraid of have never happened so yeah. what is real is the power it gives me to decide mm -hmm. what course of action I'm going to take yeah that's the real part yeah so when friends or family come to me and say, I'm worried about this, I'm scared of that, I don't want to do this in case that happens, mm. there's a very minimal chance that that thing yeah. there or I am afraid of is going to happen. Yeah. And then what I think of, okay, minimal chance, what if it does happen? Then you dust yourself down, you give yes. yourself the couple of days, yeah. you learn from it, yeah. and there is no bad experiences in that, in that regard. Because the worst that can happen is the bash doesn't work. Yeah. You know... And we've come full circle after 49 yeah. minutes. So, Back to you Emily. know, but that is the truth. Now, obviously, there are more, there are other situations where the repercussions are a lot higher. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or whatever. But in general, if you can, as you say, 
kind of cut out the fear and make a sound decision and do whatever you think is right at that time yeah. you know and that's again in the fallout the fallout is all really about a bad decision that somebody made but they made it for the right reasons yeah. in their own head like when people are working under that kind of pressure you don't necessarily always do the right thing but you can only do what you feel is right at the time yeah. and apologize for it later or try and fix it or whatever well i'm going I'm to be reading the fallout would you believe <gasps> on, on the beach in bordeaux oh you. In, a, in a couple of weeks the so. podcast must be raking so, it in so isn't thanks it? for <laughs> <laughs> not like not thanks for writing it because um <laughs> i'm going to be reading it on the beach and in paris city center and in leo city oh, center take pictures. So. yeah yeah I'm gonna, i will yeah, i will that would be fun yeah be like where's eric you know the fallout on yeah. tour yeah and i'll probably bump into dave moore and eric lawler oh yeah do tell them and get them pick get pictures with, with yeah. the, and then tell them to buy it yeah. <laughs> don't give them a loan of it yeah I, I think go, I gave your book to me mother I go really you couldn't have bought her it one. was great <laughs> <laughs> I am um, when I do feel a bit of fear yeah you know I, I've spoke about this on the podcast and on my page quite a lot what makes you afraid what makes me afraid mm. what would you be afraid of that's a good question um, deleting podcasts apart from dele- yeah losing audio for podcasts um, I suppose what I'm most afraid of is uh, this has been an amazing year for me personally mm. And I'm talking strictly in terms of my mental development, mm-hmm. the development in my self-confidence, my body shape changes, mm-hmm. setting up the podcast, got engaged, got you know, engaged. so many amazing yeah. things have happened. Going to the Euros to watch Ireland yeah. play football. Um, but okay. through the course that I'm doing in psychotherapy, <clears throat> one of the main parts of that is learning how to, first of all, manage stress, mm-hmm. respond to stress well. Through deep yeah. breathing and through, you know, assessing what it is that's making you stress, where you feel it in your body. Mm-hmm. I think I've come on leaps and bounds in that regard. But secondly, yeah. it has been the fact that I've been able to develop an awareness within myself to catch myself before I yeah. go on that spiral of depression again. Yeah. Overeating, over drinking, all that kind of stuff. So my biggest fear basically is going back to where I was before yeah. I started the course and before I I really started training every day yeah. because it just wasn't a nice place to be. I wasn't, I would not have been able to sit down yeah. across the table like we are today, smiling, laughing, really? talking about, no, not in this context. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely have withdrawn myself mm. a lot. So I just want to be this person that I am now. Oh, I think you will be. You know, mm. I, I'm afraid of having that massive dip again yeah and yeah. that and i mentioned that my friend texted me saying that she she, she found her true motivation yeah. after listening to the podcast that's my true motivation i will never go back there yeah. and that's why yeah. i'm able to like today's 153 days in a row or something mad like Training. that yeah i think the but, only thing i've done consistently in the last 153 days is either eat or drink tea how was how was the tea today? Tea that was tea was good actually. It was a good mug. Was it good? Yeah, it was a good mug. It's gone a bit cold. Do you want a hot drop? Not at all. You'd have to stop this and put on kettles. <laughs> it's grand. So I'm gonna finish up. Great. I am so glad that you re-agreed. <laughs> Is that a word? Next week's going to be brilliant. We're really getting into this. <laughs> Tune in next week for Margaret Take Three. Um, no, but really, thank you for sharing. No problem. It feels like we had a completely different conversation to last week in some ways, but then I was I was reflecting it's just on everything. Embellished. Yeah, it's improved. Yeah, did you feel more relaxed this week? Probably. Yeah, I've never w- done a podcast before. 
So I know you've done two in a week. I've done two. You're like a pro. I'm on fire. Jarlath, yeah. if you're listening to this, Margaret is waiting, <laughs> for, your, is waiting for your call. I've never lived abroad, I can't do this. And you're not a man. I've never lived in, lived in And you're not a man. No, Una Mulally was on it. Oh, yeah. She hasn't sure lived abroad, has she? I'm sure she has. She's done everything. You know, I went to school with her brother. No. Yeah. I love her. I think she's brilliant. Fantastic writer. Mm. Unbelievable. Mm. Really she is an unbelievable advocate. Yes. For people. Yeah, she's great. She really is <laughs> you know? great. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget the um, the celebrations for the... Oh. The S um, vote. Yeah, the yes for marriage equality. And they pulled her up on the stage in Dublin Castle. And I was watching it, me and Tara, we were bawling our eyes out. Mm. Bawling our eyes out. So good on you, Una. And if yeah. you are interested in coming on the podcast, just hit me oh, up as well. Get Una on. Oh, sure. Listen, giving all the shout outs today. I'll become your agent. I'll just direct yeah. people towards your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> for all the people who are listening, who are looking forward to my interview with Relish, um, we are in negotiations at the moment. I am talking to their people, basically. I don't have people. I'll be your people. Do you want to be my people? Yeah. Great. So Margaret's talking to Relish's people. <laughs> and uh, it'll be probably in July or August this year. Relish are an amazing band that have been the soundtrack to my life. And I'm also delighted to announce that Mr. Dave Moore from Today FM is going to be a guest on the podcast. The very man from Dermot and Dave, which makes me cry with laughter every single day. Um, has responded to my quest, my request to come on. So I'm so happy, dude, that you agreed to come on, and I can't wait to get your thoughts on how do you balance everything, man? Is he had an article this week on how amazing his wife is with dealing with four kids and the dog? You should Behind read every it. Great Herfamily.ie is the website. Oh, great. Yeah, I'll share. I'll share it with you later. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on no today. Um, no it's problem. been an absolute really pleasure it. again. Thank you so much. And um, I will be giving you lots of feedback, chapter by chapter, on the fallout oh, from the beach of Bordeaux. Is that okay? Yeah, that's good. Good to talk to you. Cheers. Bye.